0: Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical, social evolution. This is an incredible open mic today. I welcome Sin Martinez, the founder of Afro Brutality. It's a lifestyle. It's a brand. uh, It's a straight up movement. I've known Sin for, gosh, over 10 years now, and this is probably one of my favorite conversations on the Tumor 32 Tequila mic thus far. The energy, the mission, the vision. We unpack everything from diversity to branding to marketing, fitness, health, and how we're gonna change this world moving forward. He has some incredible things in the works, and he more than deserves it, so I cannot wait to see the full impact and the full fruition of his visions come true right in front of all of us. The world is better off for it. Sin, I appreciate you. I'm cheering for you, and let's keep in touch.
1: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. time.
0: welcome to turmeric and tequila i'm pumped today we have a bit of a fitness reunion happening here i have sin martinez in the house he is the founder and creator of afro brutality they came out here i think it was 2008 ish like 12 and a half years ago yeah. um and I'm I, you know, I always let the guests kind of unpack their situation, but Sin and I cross paths through CrossFit, through fitness. We've done a few business ventures together, which a couple of them I even forgot about because it's been so long. Uh, but we're gonna talk a lot about a lot about uh fitness, fitness and lifestyle, fitness and diversity or lack thereof. Uh we we'll, we're going to unpack some of the branding things. They have some really cool new things happening with Afro Brutality and some major strategic partnerships. So we got to throw some love there. But before we begin, I just want to give this quick little blurb about Afro Brutality that I think really sums everything up. It says, Afro Brutality is a mindset for people who care about being healthy, who care about succeeding in life by any and all means, uh, who will do whatever it takes to add positivity to their life and the people around them. Yeah. So without further ado, Sin, welcome to turmeric and Tequila.
1: Hey, girl, what's up? Hey. How are you? It's been so long, man. Damn.
0: Literally, I think, so right before we got on the mic, I, we were saying it's, I think, 2014-ish. We were both at the games. Um, man, there's so much change there. We I, Did we initially work uh, across paths because of Barbells for Boobs?
1: Yeah, we initially somehow, I, I don't even know if this was before you got to Barbell for Boobs. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because okay. We initially contacted some weird way. Um, it was through basically email. Okay. But I think maybe it was the first venture you were doing. I don't know if that's your first one, but the one we you and I did together, which is the C9 yes. uh, champion. And you were looking for people and athletes had heard about me through whatever. Yeah. And uh, man, that was such a great sponsorship. I don't think I ever said thank you, but. Hey. man it was it was too much
0: yeah it was I really it was... didn't
1: know what to do the opportunity was so big that I just I just didn't understand I didn't understand it it didn't make you know what I mean they were like yeah just yeah. anything we wanted we could have went to Target and picked up stuff yes. We I mean, it.
0: yeah
1: it was it was super serious and I didn't know what to do with it You know, yeah. so I did the best I could you know
0: it, well, it, this was the beginning. I mean, this is before Instagram. This is how old we are, but before Instagram took off before all these new like social modalities for better, for worse. Uh, and so it was all like deep grassroots and this influencer marketing was just starting. And yeah. I had, start, I had done that a little bit because of lacrosse for my first company. And it was, it was cost and time effective and we never had budget. So we knew how to do these things, but it was still brand new. So we were navigating the waters, but I saw what you were doing. And I'm like, this dude's onto something. He's completely doing it his own way. And there is no right way. There's still and I'd argue this yeah, with any true, true. any consulting company. Um, but the, the the key piece that I always appreciated about you is you were doing it your way, but you were constantly evolving because everything around us was changing. CrossFit was changing, the market was changing, um, and even now it's a whole different situation. Um, but yeah, I had I had forgot about that. We did. You were, I think. I picked out like six or seven partnerships for C9 and we as like kind of crazy as it seemed, we actually did a really good job. Like we made some incredible traction that I don't think they even understood until this day, but that's okay. I mean,
1: I had it, you know, at the time I was grassroots. So I had Elizabeth Akinwale, I had Asia Bartow, I had, uh, Uh, His name is Hernandez. I can't remember his first name, but little guy, you know, and then I had my Harlem team and a few others in Boston, but, Man, that I still have those pictures of those some of my favorite pictures. Yeah. I mean all of us in Complete Champion with yes. Brutality uh. and WA, like it was just <laughs> yes. you gave me so much autonomy, you know, you gave me so much creative control. It was just I didn't even understand the scope of it.
0: Yeah. I remember yeah.
1: when she took me, I can't remember her first name, but she took me to the warehouse and she opened it up. She's like, Well, just take what you want. I was just like,
0: <laughs> What the hell? What's going on here? <laughs>
1: I didn't understand the scope of it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and uh, I never said—I don't know if I ever said thank you, but my, man, ah, you my
0: know, dear. I
1: wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't have something like that early. Oh, so we're yeah. talking 2010, 2011. Yeah. Like, if I didn't have the type of reception I had through CrossFit super early. It wouldn't give me that little, you know, that little bit of juice when things yes. is totally fucked up and, yes. and totally out of place. But that start was such a tremendous start that I was just like, man, yes. this is just too big to fail. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could mess this up. I think I really right. found something. And, uh, you know, here we are, girl
0: it's it but it but it was real and like even though things have probably become more of a process and understanding now we were literally blazing that trail at that time and this trail again is still it's constantly changing absolutely but everything we were doing was right i mean it was totally like we don't know what's going on there's there's product everywhere there's opportunity what do we do with this these humans care about it let's give them an outfit like is this working we there's no way to measure it but it was it's still it's still a lot of what i do today it's a little more organized not really but sort of (laughs) but it's the same kind of thing with brandon ambassadors you find great oh, I, people with like minds and you you bring them on the ship
1: but um <laughs> yeah with that kind of inception you know when i first got in was just enough to say man you know and the type of feedback i was getting was just like million dollar feedback you know from what people would consider you know regular people but they because they don't have that branding mindset when I was getting the feedback I was getting and then taking it based on demographics gender you know where they were geographically I was just like okay all right oh okay then it started to really make sense and that's when I really just pushed you know as hard as I possibly could. And yes. took all the risks, you
0: know? Well, I mean, I think you're always pushing as hard as you possibly could. You're not a human that strikes me that's ever, like, laying laying back waiting for something to happen. Like, I know you're no. on the front lines of change all the time.
1: That is true.
0: That is yeah, true. casual. Um. Well, so but catch me up. Let's talk about Afro Brutality. For anyone oh, that doesn't know, the brand has grown exponentially. Ridiculous. Like ridiculous. Dude, I've been keeping up and keeping track. And do you actually remember, I think, our first crossing? So my first company was CRS Lacrosse. And I had... And yeah. I...
1: Because I had done, I had sponsored a lacrosse team that year. Okay. Sent them with my design. So I think somehow in that synergy was how we, you know, combined and decided to do this.
0: Yeah. Well, I had that, I did a design because we were trying to spread, I mean, lacrosse is notoriously a white rich kid sport. And this is 20 years ago when I got out of college. So we were trying (laughs) to do diversity then, and we had no idea what we're doing. And again, we're still navigating those waters, but, um, I had designed a logo that was like just an outline of a human and it was, um, a, I mean, it was essentially an Afro and then I had a lacrosse stick stuck yes. in it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my and I said, God. That's pick, right. Pick you Sucks. did it to me like, what the yeah.
1: fuck? And I'm like, fuck them. I remember, I remember <laughs> yeah. this. Oh, I think you
0: posted God. it and you're like, no, I got too much hate. We had to take it down. I was like, Oh my bad. I didn't, and I didn't print the shirt cause I was like, maybe right. this is intense. I had no intention whatsoever, but it was good feedback even then. i like, okay, we got to realign. Absolutely. But, but yeah, it was. I think that was our first crossing, and would, then yes,
1: it was absolutely. That was Facebook days. Yes, it was way back.
0: Wait, like wait. I know. We were, yes, but anyway. So t- I mean, now that we've, I mean, we have literally been on the front lines of this whole everything becoming a brand, grassroots marketing, and blah blah blah. Like, I mean, it's literally just happened as we as our businesses were rising. But tell me about Afro brutality now. Everything that's going on. I saw Puma. Let's throw it out oh my there.
1: God, here we go. Here we go. So. <laughs> You know, I put it in, uh, man, it's, it's, you know, this has been my personal covert operation. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm 25 years was in corporate America before I even got to CrossFit. And in there you get the, you know, hairstyles that are good and bad, the shoes that are good and bad. You get kind of like the rules of the industry and how to carry yourself professionally So I remember just sitting back and getting more into startups, getting more into like pre-IPOs, getting more into like the nuts and cranny of what it took to like build something, you know, to have your own imagination and start building it. So when I went from companies like Verizon or Bell Atlantic and found myself in companies like Windstar and Screaming Media and all these different type of more kind of grassroots, good ideas that were all web-based, I said, man, you know, I wonder if there's something that I could do. So the name of my first company was Sinistics and I was going to just basic on sin and then like, you know, uh, logistics, right? So um, I was in corporate America kind of figuring out if I could get into that tech space and it, it just, I was during the bubble. It went up and blew up so quickly. And one thing I held on to was you know once we were finally laid off and we're all in this conference room and then they bring in the you know transition specialists uh, and all yeah. this and i'm like oh and i had the you know office on park avenue i had a driver i had unlimited M X. you know it was just you know everything my mother wanted or <laughs> everything yeah, I yeah. to go to school for right And
0: <laughs> the resume
1: was just take it away just like that i, I built a corner office in my house and I said, they'll never be able to take this from me, you know, and yeah. then I started just building my own thing and trying to figure out what that was, what that was, what that was. And I had an image of a ch- when I was a child, I loved Ghost Rider, you know, it was my favorite comic book. And every time they put that flame on, I didn't necessarily see flames every time. Sometimes I started to see an afro, you know, and uh this image start kind of just drilled in my head of this skull with an afro, you know? And uh, I kind of just, eh, you know, I, I became domesticated and went to school and all this, got a job. And I didn't think about that image again until we were sitting down had done CrossFit Renegade for about two years and then finally caught the attention of the community and they came out to see us and what are y'all doing and you know it was, it was so beautiful you know that type yeah. of reception and um, then we started talking about names of the, the CrossFit and all this and we were like. We had like CrossFit Uptown, which was pretty good. And that was just geographical. And we were like, yeah, you know, Uptown's considered Harlem and South Bronx, you know, boom, boom, boom. I was like, all right. But by then, we had already done CrossFit Renegade for two years. And every time we went there, they would ask us two things. Well, where are you from? And we were like, Harlem. And they would just call us CrossFit Harlem. So I was just like, you know what? I think this is probably the smartest thing no Don't need bite. to change anything. This is what people think anyway. So we went with that. But when it came to that representation of, let's say Harlem, let's say myself, you know, it really touched an old nerve of civil rights and, 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 you know, black power and stuff like that. And it just immediately took me back to the skull with an Afro. And, uh, I sent it to a few people. We sketched some things up. And then that became my first logo. Um, and I had CrossFit Harlem in the front and then the logo. And then on the back, we had to come up with some kind of mantra. You know, this is what the thing was at the time. Everyone had their little mantras, you know. So, you know, when I thought about the skull and the afro, I was just like, you know, let's, let's just go with some Afro something, you know, so I had almost like a list Afro terrorist and Armageddon and all this stuff. And then the uh, brutality was just nice. So yeah. we just threw it on the back in old English and uh, the rest is history, you know, yeah. um, that's where it started. You know, nice. that's where it started.
0: What what so what was first steps uh, was Afro brutality completely synonymous with the gym or were they really two different things for a while?
1: So um, it was synonymous for a while. Um, I did that. It, it, it's it's organic how that changed. So how that changed was my first shirt CrossFit Harlem on the back was Afro brutality. That's when I started getting the feedback, you know, some people would say they looked at that front and they were like, man, give me one. And then some were like, man, that front's cool. Then they would see the back and they said, oh, yep, got to get it. So it was like it complemented each other well and it hit each other well. You know, we were able to kind of be in the CrossFit community, you know, because we did that. Then we were still able to carry that message with us. And then my sweatshirt was the opposite. So it said Afro-Brutality in the front and then had CrossFit Harlem on the back. So when various guys that I knew would do interviews with my sweatshirt on, it would only say Afro-Brutality.
0: Okay. And that started
1: to kind of change and play where I was like, ooh, you know, yeah. they seem to be, they seem to like this. They seem to, you know, really gravitate towards this. And then in 2011, I had, there's a picture, and I'll send it to you if you don't have it, and we're on the, the handball courts, and I got two clients, two of my athletes right in front of me, and one has a shirt that says withable," and the other one has one that says after brutality, and that caught the attention of CrossFit, they put it on the social media, Okay. a lot of the comments were like, where, where can I get this unfuck withable shirt, so My very first, you know, Afro Brutality shirt without the word CrossFit was Afro Brutality. And on the back, it said I'm fuck withable. So I I just started playing with it, you know. Yeah. If I learned anything, it's you've got to trial and error. You know, there's corporations spend billions on R&D, you know, research and development. We have because we're small enough and minded enough, we can start playing with these things with just the people around us and public opinion. And those are the same people that turn around and become our customers, you know? So it's like, I've been doing that. And that's really what I was trying to do was, okay, what if I do that? that, You know, not everything was a home run. Sure. everything was two main things, something that was directly associated with me, and something that was directly associated from the type of messaging that I wanted to get across. Yes,
0: and this is—I mean—as uh, a much younger human, there was things that I, as I've gotten older, you start to like harness your skill set and recognize what you're good at, even if it's not really like a thing yet or it's in front right. of your mind. Right. But something I was pretty good at early on, I think, this is because of my sports experience, was recognizing visionaries and leaders and humans mm-hmm. that were doing things a different way when it didn't make sense, but they just were. And the and because it was authentically them, it made sense. And I couldn't articulate that then, but that's something I absolutely saw in you. And I'm like, this dude's onto something like he's got his own angles and it's, it's working. And I think it's because it's so authentic, people naturally gravitate towards it, whatever it is. Absolutely. And yeah, and I, I saw that early on. And then as things had grown, I mean, I and I'm sure you know this at this point, what we were doing then and what we're doing now, as far as like facilitating those communities are deeply, deeply valuable, valuable to this world because this is what we need. But for businesses, it's critical. Like they come in and they're like, all right, we have this dude, he authentically operates in this community that we can go pay to have this set up or we can go into this space, uh, compensate them accordingly, do it the right way. And obviously on our side, we have to filter out, you know, some of these companies that have ill will or, you know. The heart's in the wrong spot. Uh, sure. but but what you're doing is deeply valuable. Like this is major for companies to come in and talk and say, let's brand this or let's be part of this, or, let's support this. It's a big deal. Absolutely. Um, as, as you've done this, have you had to walk away from some opportunities, like things that did, didn't feel right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I've
1: had to walk away from um Nike two or three times.
0: Straight up. Oh, oh, they kept coming back.
1: Well, I got different departments. So the first one was from when they were starting to talk about the Romaleos. So I'm dating myself, but this is like 2010. And at the time, I was kind of business managing uh, Kendrick Ferris. So, you know, I got in touch with the Romaleo guy. Him and I were talking back and forth. What messed that up was, you know, Kendrick had an infinity to Adidas and he showed up the whole, at the Arnold Classic and all Adidas, and my Nike mm. guy was in the audience, and he was like, "Man." Okay. So, I approached them about just using me as a way to bring in these types of athletes, and they were all for it. They said, "Sin, you just got to change the name of your company, and I think we'll be okay." I said, "What?" I said, "Oh, wait, are wait, you, wait, are you kidding me?"
0: When when was the timeline of this? Because then you know they went the, they went the whole. Kidding. Okay, because then they went the whole extra route of um, supporting, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a Kaepernick. Like when you kneel on the field. So like, this is like a... Well,
1: you know, the, it was it was lack of dollars. I mean, this was okay. a brand new... Yeah, I don't know. I think they still linked it together with it. I think they call it APS. So it's like, it's weightlifting stuff's in there, boxing, fencing, like the specialty sports are in there. Okay. So I don't think they had enough... They, weren't, they didn't have those kind of mindset people in there. You know what I mean? Gotcha. They wanted to see something that, you know, was going to take some time to develop, you know? So they just, you know, it kind of was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No right. hard feelings, you know? I said, but the point of this is my people want to see that logo on the back of that heel. That's what they want to see. And if they can't see that, then they're going to feel like, you know, I had to become something other than myself to achieve that. So I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah, no. Well, there's, and again, this is when that marketing branding space is still evolving and like it's new conversation, you know, now 10 years later. Right. Uh, but that that's the most valuable thing you have to hang on to. And had you compromised then, but then your community mm. sees that you compromise. This is what I tell like influencers all the time. Like if you have a million signs in your yard, meaning like a 50,000 brands you're supporting, they can't see it. If you have two or three, they can see it. And then you you lose your clout as a quote unquote influencer. Like right. it's, I mean, it's deeply important to protect you know your heart your mission your brand whatever um
1: the first one was um 2009 10 ish um was approached by like a tilly's like a tilly okay. um sun type of okay situation uh offered me 100 grand wow for the company okay and this is, this is, I'm just getting started. I was
0: going to say, okay. I
1: website, I'm just getting started. But they had seen me do enough stuff and they said, okay, I, I can see where you're going with this. And they saw it immediately, immediately. But I walked away. I was like, nah, I'm still developing this, you know, but if they're going to, they're going to offer me a hundred grand and I'm, I don't have a website yet. I must really be on to something. Yes. So I just kept developing that on my own. Then Nike came to me around, through other representatives. So your girl, I think her name is Tracy.
0: Do you remember her? Tracy, what was this from? Um, this is the C9 days. Tracy, oh, Tracy, yeah, Tracy Copeland. I think so. Yes. She, she's out. She's a Nike influencer now. God, I haven't kept up. I've yeah. sort of kept up with some of these humans, but not really, but uh, everyone's it's a small ass, you know, fitness world. Anyways. Yeah. um, Yes. I loved her. I still do love her. I just haven't talked in so, her forever.
1: You know, she, this was a little early. This was about 2015 after the C9. We sort of kept in contact a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Um, you know, I finally just was like, Hey, let's get some coffee. Yeah. You know, let me pick your brain. And, She wanted me to kind of do the tap dance a little bit. And I was like, eh, not really my style. (laughs) You know what I mean? No hard feelings. And, you know, I I reached out a few more times, but then I just let it go. Okay. Um, And the other time was uh, after I got the BuzzFeed, they came to me about three years, four years now almost. um, And I did a whole, they did a whole feature. Okay. (laughs) i got contacted immediately because i think one of the guys i go to the gym with just t- happened to be a nike guy and at the time nike was big in my gym we were the first to try on the new metcons and all this other stuff
0: okay
1: um and somehow that went from setting up a meeting to dead silence so i was just like okay well whatever. well
0: some. Some of these situations are so huge. Like, and as you said, the the way you can be mobile as a smaller situation and still have l- large impact, uh, you know, still kind of like operating on a grassroots level, but again, you have a- exponential reach, it's huge. I-, I worked after, I went from, I think it was C9 to to Reebok to Barbells for Boobs. Mm-hmm. So w- when I was working with Reebok and we directly did stuff in CrossFit, I don't think we worked together then because I was like mountain you and then I
1: remember seeing you once or twice.
0: Okay. Right. I, I I think I knew who your rep was and I had talked to them about getting in touch with you or something. Right. Um, But the difference between that and C9 were the handcuffs. Like we could kind of do a lot, but not really. And like, again, no one really got influencer marketing at that time. And mm-hmm. it took 10 years to make a two second decision. So mm-hmm. things just because it's so big and there are so many con- like different departments and it sure. had to, I mean, it was oh, just man, it's huge. It, it's It's brutal and it's huge. I think that's why you see some of the athletes nowadays getting away from the bigger uh fish in the sea and going to some of these smaller ones because they have yeah, more control.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Because it's, you know, it's like a direct vein.
0: Yeah. Now you yeah. don't
1: as long as cause that guy's got credibility and he know most everyone knows he's just not gonna sit next to this guy just because he's who he is. Yeah he doesn't care. I don't give yeah. a damn. <laughs> um,
0: well the brand leverage only goes so far anymore. Like these are big names to drop, but
1: absolutely.
0: so what? Like I'm with you. Well, okay. So tell me about Puma. This is big. I was so pumped I when I saw right, this.
1: all right So, um, two things happened. Two, three things major happened. One was, um, I closed my gym in 2015 officially, like forget it. <laughs>
0: like, okay.
1: Think, okay. Chapter's over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, then I just, you know, I'm sitting at home you know, trying to not have to get up at five in the morning, not have to open the gym, not have to get the water, not have to pay the whoever, not have to, you know, like, what the hell? I don't have to do any of this stuff anymore. And I was functioning on high level from 2008 until 2015. I mean, high level, you know, when I first started out, my barbell, my entire gym was in my truck. So I had to, Set up, you know, take an hour or so to set up and, you know, be there all night and then do it every day. So I got to switch gears. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So, you know, I said to myself, like, okay, you know, it was one time when I was low. I was like, you know, I closed my gym so I can stop coaching the community and coach the world. Like, you know, these are the things I was saying to myself to get myself Through how I was feeling, you know, you're you're letting all those memories go, you know, those clients, those times, you know, that's my first gym, you know, like, like, first, 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 inside my rule gym,
0: like, it's the baby,
1: I ran it like a dictator, I was, I didn't play no games, like, what, so, I started, you know, Instagram started to come into play a little bit. People were posting some junk ass quotes. So I would just be like, eh, you know, I would say that. But I'm going to say it like this, you know, because <laughs> people know me, you know. And uh I just kept kind of playing with it. You know, I'm going to try this, try that, this. I put sometimes I would put graphics on it and pictures and designs and all that. And um I just got better at trying to figure out how to voice what I was thinking. Yeah. And I always equate it and you'll get this. So, you know, people are like, oh, you care so much. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking in my head, a proper response, but only by to someone that would understand is like, have you ever coached someone to squat 300 fucking pounds yeah. and get convinced them to do it again? and convinced them to do it again. Or convince them, like you know, you can press that two twenty-five. So what? You know what you gonna do? What's the worst thing you could do? What you have to say to convince human beings to go past what in their mind conceptually is their limit? Yeah. And you're doing that every single day. Like I ran it like a fucking farm. I felt like I was like a fucking training camp, (laughs) and everyone's coming out to represent me. You know what I mean? When they leave. They sure enough go say this guy, this, this guy, that. So I I was like, I was hammering those people. So I (laughs) have to give all that up. I started to try to figure out that sign, that inner voice. Like, how was I able to kind of push these people past their own limits? So I just kind of homed in on how I was feeling. And I did that for a little while. So I had a season from pretty much 2015 it's about 2007, 16, 17, where it was just fuck the world and yeah. fuck this, that, 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 that purge, purge, get rid of this, delete that, move on. Like that's my entire messaging. And um, then I started like opening up to things that I kind of had kept to myself for a long time. One was my relationship with my son. We had went through a bad time. He was getting into some things, you know, on a street level, I, It just touched me that I would, you know, everything I went through with this kid and now he's doing this stupid shit. So it it put a huge wedge in our relationship. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'd seen someone, an extended family, because we do a family reunion every year. And I saw like his uncle, you know, and I was like, damn. You know, you might have seen them in 10 years. I'm going to give you all together. So I got them together, brought us together. And then, you know, I patched it up. And it really, you know, because I let that go, it just opened me up to more things. So my messaging got cleaner. It it was direct. And I was almost given instructions on different situations, almost on a daily basis. So that caught the attention of, the world to a certain extent. Um, and I found myself with all these fitness influencers reposting all my stuff, and some have millions of followers. Yeah,
0: hell yeah. But,
1: so I would always notice when they did that, I would get like 10,000 I'm like, how did I get 10,000 followers? <laughs>
0: yes, like, good energy, man. I good do. energy.
1: So I started to realize what I was doing, you know, even though I'm a coach. You know, and I'm my background is like weightlifting and that type of thing. You know, that essence, that spirit of what pushes human beings to be the best they possibly can be within the time frame we have. Mm-hmm. We just became something I could just correlate in conversation. I could correlate in a speech. I could correlate online. And I just kind of did that. The Puma thing came in after I went through a tough time, you know, uh friend of mine committed suicide, and all that CrossFit racist stuff was Mm -hmm. coming up, and I was getting so many calls every single day, and podcasts, and Zoom calls, and I'm talking to Glassman, I'm talking to Glassman's wife or ex-wife, I'm talking to all these people that I haven't talked to in a very long time, and they're all, what do I say, what do I do, how can I, you know, like, whoa, so... (laughs) my messaging was very limited for a little while yeah. it was like love wins and we got to figure this out and like what's going on here you know yeah. some a marvin marvin gay gay yes. you know kind of vibe and um i went to see my mother who i hadn't seen in a while and i took my lady with me so she can meet the mom you know oh own. big
0: steps okay
1: so i contacted almost everyone i knew in boston i was like I'm coming through. Where's your gym? What time? And uh I went to see Mel Ockerby, who was a big thing in our time in the East Coast. We call the Powerpuff Girl. She wore pink sure. all the time. <laughs> so she got a gym that's literally eight blocks from my where I used to live. Okay. And next to Papa Gino's, which was my second job as a kid. Yes. So I'm taking pictures with Mel, la la la, and you know one of the brand vps go to her gym and somehow they got into a conversation with me and all of a sudden she's texting me she says sin what's your email address and i gave it to her and uh you know the same marketing vp you know introduced herself and said let's talk yeah there we are
0: dude i I love it well so we got a there's a, a good chunk to unpack here um I think because you, you are the brand essentially and I, you know brand has become since we've connected last b- brands like become this thing and everyone's a brand now and like brand is almost like influencer like it makes my soul cringe but it's a, <laughs> it's a good thing like you are your brand so it's it, it makes complete sense that as you're going through different phases in your life, the brand, the voice is reflecting accordingly. Um, Tell me a little bit about, and these are major things, like life is hard, life is, there's so many things going on, particularly in 2020, like what a crazy year. And we're way late to a multitude of race conversations and everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. And you guys are like the pillar of uh, diversity in CrossFit, which is sad in itself because CrossFit is so huge now and it's still really not that diverse, like lacrosse. and. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, How how are you, I mean, are you spiritually inclined? Are you religious? Like what was this guiding light that was pulling you through some of these situations that was fostering self-evolution, which in turn was fostering brand evolution?
1: Wow. That's a great question. First one I've heard of this level. So I'm going to go slow, but because we're recording this, you may have to rewind it a few times, but I'll go as slow as I can. But it's a good question comprehensive answer. That's a very good question. So the best schools growing up were Catholic schools. We lived in the suburbs. So as the only black family in this particular town, which is Acton, Massachusetts, we were right up front, you know, uh, at the church, right up front, I was First Communion, I was altar boy, like, you know, so the funny thing about doing that was, you would think the influence was more ooh, mystical type, right? You would think that type of influence would come from being, gr- grew up like, or grown up, growing up like that. What saved us was the music. Once they said the devil is in the music, me and my friends were like up at night putting the <laughs> playing the record backwards okay who's this guy Ozzy okay like we we wanted to see the devil like not to not to you know not to say anything sacrilegious but we would study Jesus Moses we and devil got covered as the bad guy all the time but once the music you know, started to catch up or was in that same vein, because I'm talking the 80s, I'm I'm dating myself, you know, but it's for me, it started with the 70s with Kiss. So I was obsessed with Gene Simmons and that type of, you know, narrative. So I'm going to school all day about God and then devils this and here's Gene Simmons breathing fire wearing, right? So I felt like a physical manifestation of the devil, who they always said was just on earth, like he can't go upstairs, he's here with us. So they kind of separated early my concept of God and devil. So I'm like, the devil's here, let's just, he's kind of cool to me, look at him, he's breathing fire, he's got the, the boots on, he sings like an angel, like I don't really see the problem here. So it, it's interesting because then I would be able to go to school and debate these things, not necessarily with the nuns, but with the with my classmates. And we're talking religion, basically, at a very youthful level in the 70s, 80s. And then once two things that happened, I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, what absolutely.
0: Happened. Yeah.
1: What happened in the 80s for me personally was I was grew suburbs, Nantucket, Cape Cod every summer. Like that was my entire life up until the time we moved to Texas. So we moved to Texas in a place called Round Rock, which is outside of Austin. And we were one of like the first suburbs that they built. It was called Chisholm Trail. So it was a it we were in, let's say, a richer upper middle class, but we're in Texas. So upper middle class are agriculture guys oil guys, right? So okay. that's also redneck, right? <laughs> Depending on which vein you're dealing with. So here I am, right? I'm getting this concept of heaven and hell, God and devil from a very young age in a white society, complete white society. I never even saw one. I saw maybe one or two black people until I was like thirteen, so here we go to Texas. I'm still still white society, yeah. But now it's like farmers and ranchers and oil guys, and, you know, ten gallon hats, Stetsons, and all this. Right, that became like the luxury, the standard based on where we lived. Still white culture. Yeah. Now it's Methodist Church, Baptist Church, school that I'm going to, and then. Okay. The problem with that was they said I tested too high off the chart, so they were no good here. So I ended up having to go to public school, which is fine. But still, white society, white culture, God, devil. Now I've got Methodists in there, Baptists in there, Aventists, you know, seven day Aventists. Like these are the schools I had to go to to try to figure out where I fit in the best. Put them in private school. None of this other stuff is working, right? Because I had such a real understanding. From an imagination of God and devil, based on what I'm getting at school, music that I'm listening to, things that my imagination are bringing out. Right, so I've got this real connectivity with religion versus society versus me being black. I really didn't know I was black. If you want to be, if you want to be a hundred percent, I really didn't know I was black until my first day of high school at John Marshall, it was John Marshall in San Antonio. And they said, why are you dressed like that? You're black. And I was like, wow. wow. It was, it, it blew my mind that because I was black, I was supposed to dress a certain way and listen to certain things. It was just, wow. just it just kind of blew my mind. So then here comes in new data, new data, new data, new data, new data, data, right? I'm just uploading all this data. Black, you know, nigger, nigger, nigga, right? Like uh, all of this new slang and your head sagging and this color means this. And like, what? It's like a whole new world. So my brain kind of has all this stuff that really connects me to the United States of America on almost any plane you could think of. I lived in Boston, suburbs, Acton, then we went to Maynard, then we went to Texas, all new data, you know, different smells, tastes, Libby's versus, you know, Denny's, right? Like, (laughs) oh, what is this? Yeah. And the difference between society and how they separated our subdivision because we made more money, we can live here. You made less money, you lived here. Mm-hmm. And I, you could see it. You could, mm-hmm. you could literally see it. And they had different names for those subdivisions. Oh, I'm in Rich Sky. Oh, I live in Emerald Valley. Oh, okay, okay. Like you knew based on where you lived or where you said you lived. So I kind of have this thing that I truly believe in and I'll share it with you. It's the first time I've shared this. Hey. I'm giving it to you. My dude. I have found almost a mathematical equation of how to eradicate racism.
0: Oh, well, I'm here
1: yeah. for this. What intrigued me about CrossFit was level one, August 28th or 31st, 2008, I'm in there. There's Seals, right? I got Castro's there, Stump is there, Boz is there. I got Patrick Stewart's there, or Sherwood. Sherwood's there. You name it. Yeah. You name it. Now, I had... mm, Casually met some military guys. They came to train with me, you know. But this is this is like the real deal. These are the real deal, guys. And here I am in there. So the first thing that I did was I wanted to purposely wear something that was just gonna diffuse everything. Oh, he's one of us. So, you know, I didn't necessarily do my research. But I said, you know what? I bet you if I throw on a Slayer shirt, I bet you nobody's going to say nothing. <laughs> oh, he's one of us. Okay, great. So that's exactly what happened. And okay. I, I learned to wear that every cert I went to, right? And sometimes I would change it up. But I wanted to diffuse it immediately. Now that information comes from, you know, growing up with that music And then it being classified as white versus black, you know, so there's some connectivity there that I know about because it's in my fabric. I was I was raised to understand different cultures. Mm -hmm. So the best thing and the intriguing part was that once I got out of my level one, went to a CrossFit gym, they asked my name. If I did CrossFit, maybe one or two other questions. That's it. Didn't care I was black. Didn't care nothing about my political. Didn't ask me nothing about my mama, right? did <laughs> me nothing. And then once I got into that workout, and they saw I was 100%, oh, you 100%. Yeah. You're one of those guys. You yes, do this. I do this. I do this, sir. I do this very well. And then that's an instant bond. Instant. Yeah. Instant. Yeah. Equalizer. Such an equalizer. And then the more you do that over and over again, I've realized other conversations will come to light. Mm -hmm. They say, what do you you think about this police brutality thing that happened? Or what do you think about this capital thing? Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they're gonna ask you. And they, based on your integrity, they saw you in the workout. They've been there a little while, so they know you a little good, you know, it was on time, you're a good guy, whatever it is, you've developed a reputation with them. On something has that's just deeper than. (laughs) It's almost like a hidden. It's like a little magical veil that just opens up, where there's a bond there that you're going to share probably probably for the rest of your life. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then it brings in a nice little place where you can have other conversations. Mm -hmm. And if you've noticed, like the name of my company is not you know, hey. Jolly, everybody come hang out, right? That's not the brand. There's brutality. I drop the F bomb constantly, right? There's you know, before contracts were signed, I put my weed right on the thing. It's like wake and bake. Let's get with it. Like just being total boat. transparency. So if I can do this, what yeah. separates me from? What separates me from almost anyone? Yeah. It's the acceptance of information. Whatever you say to me, I've got two choices. I can actually sit here, and this takes time to learn how to listen because you know you're listening. You'll know I'm listening based on my questions or responses. Because if I'm responding, then I'm, I might still not be listening. But if I'm able to take what you asked me, turn it around to a comprehensive question, you'll say, damn, he was really listening. He's paying attention. He's paying attention. Yeah. But if I start going with, girl, you're blonde, I'm out of here. <laughs> girl, you have the rosy cheeks, I'm out of here. <laughs> I have just said, I, I've, I've cut off the universe. Yeah. I have cut off anything positive that could happen if I just shut up and listen. Everything there is done. It is dead. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Why do I want to take that chance? <laughs> you might have the key to the universe, Keymaster. <laughs> you might be the gatekeeper. You may say something I needed to hear. Yeah. But if I'm not listening, if I immediately cut you off with something stupid and petty, mm-hmm. I have literally cut off. God, devil, life, universe, everything, it's dead. And if we monitor how many times we do that, if we monitor how many times, I can't, I'm i not listening to this guy. Oh, I got to go. Uh, I don't want to talk. I'm too mad at you. Or you disrespected me 10 years ago and I'm still holding a grudge. You no, know, I'm still on that grudge. But it's 10 years ago. I'm... It's taking over it.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm literally cutting off any potential for good immediately, immediately. So I did the dumb shit I, for a while. I said yes to everything, and then I stopped telling people I was saying yes to everything because they just, "Okay, oh, can you get me some sneakers?"
0: <laughs> yeah. Ask for everything. Yeah,
1: two pair. All right, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> you got to go through that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you do. You do. And then you can – I was taking in so much information, so much information. I started, yes, everything, yes, yes. And then I, I started to really fine-tune it where if I make a decision and I hear something, it could be the dumbest shit in the world, a bird tweet. Oh, that's a good yeah, – that means it's time to go. <laughs> or if I get uh, someone farted, maybe, oh, maybe that's not it. Like I, I want – you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't, I can't take my life for granted. And that means I can't take other people's lives for granted. Yeah. And if they're taking their time to say something to me, whether I agree with it or not, now it becomes redundant and you're saying the same thing, oh, okay, now I'm gonna start shutting you down. Yeah. Okay, shut up. Now now I'm gonna start laying you out. Like, okay, you're doing this based on this behavior. Like, I'm gonna lay you out. But yeah. in the meantime, I'm taking all that information in. So that's what I deal with. Hell yeah. That's how I kind of connect everything. I just, from a very small child, I learned to take in all the information and disseminate it later. And I keep some things, I delete others, but some of that stuff, no matter how trivial it may seem, it can come in handy at times you don't even know it
0: absolutely and it's ironic that we started the conversation about branding and business whatever but it, it, none of that really matters it's about the human but the irony to the conversation is this branding this which we know works what you're wearing on your shirt that you show up in slayer and it automatically equalizes the room and, and it opens a door for a connected conversation to get to the human so how we as branding professionals can build this facade and build it well with good intention it's not bad oh, and so perhaps yeah perhaps be the devil only to get you to god meaning like to my heart where we can talk about what's real because none of this shit really matters like
1: it's- i had to get in crossfit navigate crossfit successfully as a business person influencer i had to become the black devil yeah i would call myself the black devil i would wear things that were associated with Satan or whatever, because I I knew what I was dealing with. I am dealing with someone that next week may shoot someone in the back. Yeah, I'm dealing with someone that may have dropped bombs on kitties. Who knows? And I had to say, I can't look at this person with that pestilence. You know what I mean? I couldn't look at them with that that ooh, you didn't did some things because the more I kept peeling back that layer, I'm like, you did some things, but that's why you got PTSD. That's why you're committing suicide. These are things that you didn't understand five and 10 years from now, were going to haunt you at night. Yeah. So it equals itself out without my judgment. Yeah, it is unnecessary.
0: I mean, I, th- just the the, the skill set of listening is such a large thing to learn and then continuously learn and and continuously check in with that being non-judgmental. That's really, really hard. And I say that as a white person swimming in white privilege to be <laughs> non-judgmental. Like, I don't know, cause it's really not your job to show up in CrossFit and represent an entire race and, and carry all this weight, no pun intended. But it's, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we have humans like you that take on that responsibility essentially is it I know and it's cringy and it's shitty but like I don't know I do you think things have gotten better I'm using air quotes now that you know we've had this very delayed awakening of racism in America and everything else do you think things have uh progressed at all in the CrossFit space specifically or fitness space let's say um or in the world the,
1: the problem so to answer your question it's a process there are some things better now that were as good Back then, there's more awareness now than there was back then. But just like everything, it's a process. You can't put a timeline on it. You know, these are just things we are slowly kind of waking ourselves up to Mm -hmm. and realizing as individuals, as a society. In terms of CrossFit, I don't know, man. Yeah. It was always uphill battle with CrossFit is super simple. We are not their demographics. That's it. We are a pet project that is going to take millions of dollars, more in resources, and probably in some areas will yield a profit in five years, some 10, some 15, some 20, depending on the, the approach. Yeah. So, I have conversations, I have these conversations all the time, and it, it's them, it's it's trying to convince someone in Santa Cruz of what's going on in Harlem and what the opportunity is and how to make money from it. But they've mm-hmm. never lived here, yeah. drove by, maybe got their hair cut, maybe had a pizza slice or two and some chicken wings. But they don't live here. <laughs> like, Right. How could you see the growth potential of any community you don't, you're not a part of if you're not in that fabric? How could you not? How could you? So right. everything to a certain extent, still awareness, more learning, more talking. We'll see. We'll see. With the okay. Puma thing, I'll, I'll tell you, some, you know, it's first person. I think your first person has asked me. I bet, this is the first podcast I've been on. Anyways, Um I have split it right down the middle. And what I mean by that is, is my connection bad? Can you see me?
0: I think we're getting some feedback, but you're right.
1: Okay. So I'm not not sure what you're hearing. I can hear you. Where's the delay? Oh, okay. Okay, so I split it right down the middle. So I'm taking concept from my mother, who's a Black Panther or was a Black Panther in the 60s in the 60s, and my father, who had uh, my father's side of the family, which is a little bit more grassroots Harlem, so there's a lot of language and visuals in what I'm doing with them that is like, it's got some CrossFit pieces in it, but it's got some of my personal heritage in it as well, so
0: let's
1: see. I want to see if I can push you know, I, I, I guess we could call it cross for, for lack of a better term, but like into just a new market.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, fitness and health. I mean, everyone needs to know about it because it saves lives and our healthcare system shit. So you might as well just take care of your own self and avoid all of that if you can. But again, this is. It needs to get I I always say in the schools and get to like the base layer of our young humans which I have a lot of faith in because they're questioning things far earlier than than we did or at least I did and understanding things on a deeper level um for better and for worse so much information's in front of them but I do think a lot of them can decipher some of it regardless of the environment they're growing up in which is another key conversation um because I do think a lot of the parents are behind the wheel uh or I mean behind the game and if the kids can step in and, and just question a better way, like I have faith that they'll do it regardless of what their parents are doing and disrupting mm-hmm. your own environment is is really hard. But what I love seeing with things like with Puma happening um, or if it's Nike or whatever, I, I think it's a major sign of change because I think the deep disruptions in the dollar, how we're spending our money, how we're voting with our dollar, how we're investing in certain communities. I think that's because money talks and as, as much as that is it's shitty, it's, it's the reality. So when I see companies that are usually the last to change, like they don't understand it. Like they, if it, like you said, it's a pet project or it seems cool. to put money in it, but then it's not authentic. Like we, we, you know, showed up for a day and did a photo shoot, but no one that lived there. Like, and the the thing is the consumer sees through that now we're, we're savvy consumers. We're not from the fifties where we're just consuming and not questioning kids will be like, mm, that's bullshit. We don't, we don't know any of those people We live here. We're not buying this. And then they hate the brand forever. So when I see companies coming in and doing it authentically and doing it right those signs to me are, are signs of hope. I'm like something on the larger scale is actually changing. This is a big deal. Does, does that, are you excited about that or is it kind of just. Well, it's uh,
1: it's a process. Yeah. It's a process. The, the, the route that I'm taking, no one's ever taken. Uh, so it's brand new. It's okay. totally trailblazing. <laughs> and to a certain extent, it's like, it's really not only putting your best foot forward, but you're putting your best dice game on that piece. So <laughs> I could, I try to equate it to this and only people that know music or hip hop, and I'm not being disrespectful to you or your listeners, but you you might have to, re- you might have to Google this to really reference this. Okay. Acceptable. There was a guy back in 87, Eric B and Rakim, Right.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay,
1: I'm just saying. Okay, you got to the, the okay? yeah. give me the duck face, okay? You got to give me the duck face. So you made a song, My Melody. Now... One of the most
0: sampled tracks that, ever, I feel like.
1: Exactly. But that spawned uh, industry, an industry of that type of music, that type of flow, that type of cadence, and it lasted a long time. So I always try to equate myself to that. If I can just go in there with these simple things that I'm doing, and start a brand new industry, man, woo! I I I've got my best foot forward, and I got the dice rolling. Yes, woo, baby, woo, baby.
0: I'm here for, I have the chills. Well, and I, I think you can be strategic. I mean, you're a business professional at this point many years, you can be strategic in your business strategy. And I think when your heart and your mission and your energy is right, good things just start coming in you get your influencers you get your podcast you get it's not explainable but I, I always feel like my check-in point for me is if i'm in alignment and i'm doing the right what i'm supposed to be doing things start to happen and i'm like you like we'll train harder we'll study more we'll do we'll stay up late we'll do sometimes more isn't more it's like get your shit correct in here and get in alignment with what you're and then other things like the gifts or the god i always say god universe, or madonna i'm a huge madonna fan like wh- whatever you believe in comes through and you start to you start to see affirmations or, or you and if you're listening you seeing, shit starts to happen.
1: Now, this is the time that I can tell you that I had to change that energy from the black devil into the black God. I had no choice, no choice. That's how I got here because I was able to go back to roots and a lot of things that I was able to pull out and say, man, 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 and things just really coming together. So they gave me I'll share this with you real quick. Hopefully I won't bore you. But they gave me three designs. So one comes out in February, February 1st. Two more come out on Juneteenth of this year. And the sneakers, socks, and like a custom sneaker box. It's cool. Wow. So I- the, two design, the two designs that are coming out in Juneteenth, they took probably three months to make. And okay. it was a constant like... We were like, I don't know if you've ever had this. So I want to share this with you, see if we can connect on this. But when you really get into, like, the guts of the branding down to, like, the font, the placement, right, the ink, what fabrics are we using, like, You're looking for the response, a certain response. You're looking for a certain energy to be delivered. Like when you're in there, you know, it's an organic thing. It's, it's like a little boo-boo baby. Like it's, you're watering it. But the thing, the reason why it took so long was we were like, okay, we want to do this. We want to do that. And their style is mood board mood board and pieces (laughs) and clip art that's what they did there
0: sure sure i'm
1: like you know i might see a movie and i'm up all night like
0: oh my god i'm I'm totally with you yes 17 things
1: oh like and then oh this is why i stayed up to one and you know i'm connecting all this shit so those last two and we had conceptually we knew what we were doing so the second one was easy we just kind of had to play with the illustration of it. I was like, yeah, it's almost there. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And the final piece is like, ouch. And that came at like the 12th hour, you know? And then we, the last one, we had to ask for an extension. We needed a week extension because we knew there was just something that was missing. So I sent him a bunch of art. Look at, this, look at 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 this. And then I had a, I had this picture a design I made about 12 years ago and I had never used it. And I just, the way I made it is one of those where you're just like, oh, I'm just brilliant. Like, I'm just <laughs> right?
0: like you're just like. oh brilliant. Yes. Right. You're doing the
1: dance. So I just sat on it. And I was for years and that's the thing too. After a while, you start going back to old designs and you you can feel what made you make that and what you were thinking and all that. So I, I looked at it and I was like, this is it. And the funny thing was, I'm in my head asking myself if we've got time to put this on the design. I was, it's so, it's, it's that mind game, right? You're playing with, I'm like, wait a minute, this is my shit. I can, t- of course. Well,
0: You're the boss, so yeah. So I
1: finally, wait, but, you know, you go through this. Like, this is what I go, this is what I go through. Like, it's like, I'm constantly at war with myself. I'm yeah. constantly at war with myself. So I looked at it, I was like, oh, I should put that on the front. I wonder if I've got time to do that. I'm like, of course i got time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm battling myself. So I put it on there and then we, oh my God, man. I am like out of my my chair with excitement to see how the world is going to view these three. I'm telling you, especially that last one. That last one is like so I told it like a trilogy. Okay. But my first design, which I can tell you, it's powerlifting to the people. So it's a design I made back in 2010 and it's got the Tommy Smith with my skull it's crazy i'll send it to you, if you haven't seen it
0: okay
1: so we just went with that we were like okay we're going to put that on the sneaker we're going to put that on the, okay cool the other two were like okay and the, the guy kept drilling me he's like sin you got to think about you know branding this and that because they're taking they're trying to take me to that next level so they're throwing big poison darts at you like oh i would not even think about that okay. so, so, he hits me with it. He's like, oh. So I thought a man, trilogy, trilogy, trilogy. So I'm like, okay, let's just keep telling the same story with these three designs. Oh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? So I hit him with the second one. And that that one is like a sequel. And it looks like a sequel because it's language no one's ever heard me use before. It's a conception that if you look at it artistically and from a fitness point of view, you're gonna get it immediately. And there's some connectivity there. Spiritually and religiously, so that's the second one. That's like my Empire Strikes Back,
0: right? Okay.
1: But my third one, my third one is a combination of the first two and an extra laid out, perfectly lined instructions on health and wellness. Okay. Boom.
0: Yeah. Well, it
1: looks like it looks like we made it look like um, nutritional facts. Okay. Oh, it's oof. when you see yes. it, you're going to be like,
0: dude, I'm already oh. sold. If, if I could bottle this energy oh. behind any brand of product, like they, they better be compensating accordingly.
1: One, when you see this last one, I'm telling you,
0: I can't, I'm already in for all three.
1: That last one could change the world, man. If it's re- If it's really embraced, looked at all sides and as a trilogy, that one shirt could just change, I'll tell you, it could change the industry overnight. Overnight, it could change the world. Really look at it. Really look at it. Really just take a second, look at every piece. Because the way we did it, we put a heavy graphic on the front and then we put right down the spine a bunch of, it doesn't look, it's professionally done, so it doesn't look like clip art, but it's like, Pieces and history and all kinds of clues and codes in there that if yes. you really take the time to look at it, read it, and research it, that's that right there is my mel- my melody. That's my rocket right there. That's full my, circle. I'm telling you,
0: full circle. I'm telling you, dude. I, that I'm po- right
1: there, that third design could change, could marry a lot of different industries and fucking be out of here.
0: When does when does this come out? What's ETA? We need these shifts immediately.
1: So February 1st, we're doing um, midnight workout at the Puma store. OK, my shirt on. It's going to be the fucking dopest shit ever. <laughs> um, so February 1st is the first one. And then Juneteenth, which is uh, June 19th. Mm-hmm. Everything else. Socks. OK. Sneakers, uh, custom sneaker box crazy and yeah, I love it.
0: all of this two
1: more shirts two more designs two more shirts when you see that third shirt i'm telling you i'm, I, telling I'm
0: you. here i can't wait i'm i'm so impressed puma's so in like you really do have creative control i still i side eye a lot of this because i've on, been on that corporate side and uh, i don't know but it's in about 45 years I was in corporate America. Well, it sounds like they're listening. Like I'm, I'm. Oh, I listened. I'm I'm I am. I am.
1: What? You're not. I believe you, you. You are not, sir. What is your job? Okay, I asked for an org chart. I was like, can I get an org chart? Just so <laughs> if I get a crazy idea I know I can call a pester. Like, I am not playing no games. Yes. With they know it. They know it. I get yes. on that new call. I'm. Yes, and then I'm like, okay, we gotta cover this, cover this, cover this. Okay, good. Hell yeah. And all I needed was I have two. I don't want to call them exec. I think they're senior, senior, whatever. But I've got two senior management that I can text and call all the time, and they they get it done.
0: I'm impressed. They're listening. I'm 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 genuinely impressed. Okay. this is what we need. This is huge. Do you have full faith in like seeing, like kind of taking moments to reflect on your life to this point? Do you have like such faith and pride that everything you've been through and done and naturally are as a, as a good listening human, as a kiddo, like everything's culminated into this point right now. Like you are exactly where you're supposed to be.
1: No doubt. Yeah. You know what? I woke up, man, it must've been two years ago for sure. might've been three, but two years ago for sure. Woke up and I was like, man. There was one piece, so I'll give it to you. I'm going to give you this piece because, man, this is this has been the best so far. So I, you heard me say I had to become the Black God. So I woke up one morning. I just Googled it, Black God. Do you know the Black God is a Navajo Indian mythology character or mythological character? Okay. I said, yeah. my mother's Navajo Indian. So I said, man, I said, my ancestors.
0: Ooh, They're not playing. Was that cooking boy? Yes. To come that
1: full circle, I was just like, wow.
0: That's... They were just
1: messing with me, man.
0: Well, again, we're intentional humans. Like more is more will work, whatever. But when you really pull back, and I'm very much in a reflection point for myself in my life now, where I, you know, do all the right things, do whatever. You look back and you're like, I'm so not in control of what's going on. Like, I got to show up. I got to be intentional. But like the way stuff was in order and like ass whippings that I had to have and breakdowns and breakthroughs and all the good and all the shit like it. And then there you, if you can kind of understand it, there there are these ironic points of like, we got this, like, just keep doing you and things are lining up. Keep your mind right. Keep your soul right. And shit is unfolding.
1: Once I gave up, so I gave up a $250,000 a year job. To pursue this and once i did that and everybody was like you you have lost your mind sir should we get call somebody say no 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 and made about eight i made eighteen thousand three hundred and sixty five dollars in like i don't know six months or something like that yeah and i called my mentor man i made eighteen thousand he said what i said maybe what do we this is this is awesome shit I made up. Like, yeah. This is different money. This is different type of money right here. This is that real money. Uh
0: it's authentic money though. It's it's that's so beautiful. Money. It's a big deal. So beautiful. Yeah. my dude, I I want to be to your time. This is I've been one of my favorite conversations okay. ever. You know I you know I appreciate you. Uh where do we find you? Drop us with Instagram. Yeah. I'll post label everything.
1: Uh, uh, check your spelling if it doesn't come up. Uh, then Mr. Dotson, those are my two pages really. Um, yeah, man, it's a good time. It's such yeah. reflection. I'm, I'm fit. I don't know if you know, I'm 50 years old.
0: Hey, Did you, you know never that? tell. You could never tell. <laughs> you never tell, right? No, <laughs> it's whether you never guess age in the gym cause you never know who's what, I mean, I wouldn't anyways, but you know, wisdom, but I, I appreciate Absolutely. you. I can't wait to yeah, see yeah. the line coming um, out.
1: I text you. I'm gonna send you some stuff so you can see it live.
0: Hey, please do. And if there's anything in the meantime where it's grassroots or you need some out here, my dad is still running Bladium CrossFit out here. We're still doing some stuff there. Anything that's helpful, always holler at me. We're happy to help the cause.
1: We're gonna talk. You and I are gonna chit chat.
0: Let's do, my dude. Well, I wish you all the best, man. The spirit, the energy. It's so good to connect. This is literally soul fuel for me. So I appreciate you, and I'm genuinely cheering for you from you from Colorado. The,
1: the adrenaline shot of this. Hey. Like you know, you you see this. You helped guide this ship, girl. I'm here for you it. Right. it. You saw it super early.
0: I did. You I know, did.
1: I know how this feels to tell you this. You know, yeah, we was yeah. there. Soup. This is ten years, twelve there, year, BL with the Facebook shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know, it's... I've been out here slanging and banging, mm-hmm. trying to make this happen, man. And now I can, I can like. And kind of like, whew, okay. exhale
0: just enough, oh, exhale just enough. According to me, okay, this is different now, right? But, but really, now it's actually starting like everything's no. actually starting. No, it, but it's all good. You got the energy, we're good. You got the sport crew, the world's listening,
1: <laughs> yeah, man.
0: <Thank laughs> it's you, good, yes. Keep in touch, like I said, digitally, I'll, I'll keep an eye on you
1: right now. But, you some right now. Let's do it. I gotta see this.
0: My dude. All right. I'll, I'll reach out to you soon. All right. Be well. Thank you, Sin. You too. Yeah.
1: Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.